0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.
1: Well, we're joined now by Bill Morris, writer, documentary filmmaker, musician based right here in Port Chalmers. He's been working on a wonderful new book, The Road to Gondwana, which takes us on a journey in search of the lost southern supercontinent, tracing the steps that science took to find Gondwana and the journey Gondwana itself took through 500 million years of Earth history. No mean feat, Bill, Morena, good to have you with us.
0: Morning, Jeff. Tell us about uh, the beginning
1: of this mission for you.
0: I think um, it started um, through my involvement with the university's um, geology department and working or um, well, studying a paper under Professor Ewan Fordyce there that was around the evolution of New Zealand's um, biota. And and through being there and learning about all that stuff, I learned about this fossil called Glossopteris, which is a, a plant fossil that... Um, um, of a forest that grew all around Gondwana and has now vanished but um, it was a very important fossil for piecing together the story of of how Gondwana formed and, and broke apart
1: For many people it's almost like a mythical thing Gondwana, you know there'll be some
0: out there who don't know too much about it who thought did this actually exist at all Well yeah and I was probably one of those you know I mean and just you know you hear a lot about Gondwana and you know of course we know that these days that, that everything was all once connected up but what was this place like and and if you were to jump in a time machine and go back and visit what would you see and that was I think really the what kind of drove me to to want to find out more about Gondwana. And so where did you go to find out more? Um, well I I mean apart from researching a lot of scientific papers that have looked into various aspects of Gondwana I also, also um, thanks to a, a grant from the um, Falkland Islands government was able to travel to the Falkland Islands and, and on the way stopped in, uh, in Argentina and South America and Chile um, and so was able to just see some of the fossil deposits there um, and see how they connected up to to the rest of the world. Give us some size uh, notion around the supercontinent How large was it or is it? well it was it was enormous of course. Um, I mean you're talking about Africa, America, Antarctica, India, Australia and New Zealand. Um, and a few other bits and pieces sort of jammed together in one. So um, it it was huge and, you know, probably, I mean, comparable to Eurasia today, but probably bigger again than that. Um, So it was a vast place and like any huge place, there was all kinds of different... um, sort of landscapes within it so there's no sort of one you can't, it's impossible to sort of say that this is what Gondwana was like because it's like it's just like if you went to Africa today there's, you, you can find mountains you can find forests you can find deserts um, because it's a big place uh,
1: In your journey you're looking for commonalities and differences I suppose the things that that show where the links were the things that demonstrate where the differences occurred and why they occurred
0: yeah um, yeah I think um you know links are you know it's it's incredible when you start looking around at some of these um these set vastly separated places how the links that we have in common um I was just thinking about South America for example um as I drove in this morning um the connections there you know between our geologies and our um and our biota our animals and plants you know very a lot of A lot of similarities, and a lot of that comes down to the fact that we were once connected as Gondwana, but also these days we understand that those similarities actually come about because plants and animals can cross oceans a lot more readily than we once thought. And so, you know, for example, the um, Notafagus beach forest that we have here in the South Island of New Zealand, there is Notafagus forest in South America and other places, and so they now think that those seeds from those trees were able to cross the oceans
1: and in this in this book you use Glossopterus as a kind of a, a, a tour guide
0: explain kind of the way you've written this book um well um it's just a whole lot of threads that kind of weave together i think is is what i set out to do um i wanted to tell the story of gondwana itself and how it was formed and broke apart um at the same time, I wanted to tell the the story of the evolution of plants, um, because that you know the plants have been so instrumental in shaping Earth's climate, and really at the end of the day, this book comes down to how plants have shaped Earth's climate and um, continue to do so. So I followed the journey of of plants, and and I followed the journey of Gondwana, but also I was interested in the, the journey that science itself had taken to understand Gondwana, um, because that was fascinating in itself, and 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 again, a thing that really fascinated me was learning that continental drift, which is um, an idea that is so fundamental to modern geology that you can't even imagine describing much about geology these days without talking about continental drift and the fact that these plates move around the surface of the Earth, and and yet that idea was only accepted as mainstream science in the late sixties, early seventies. So it's very recent. Um, and it was a long journey to get there. And it took hundreds of years of people arguing and, and researching and theorising and, um, before it was finally accepted.
1: And now, of course, we can have computer-generated modelling of it all and just, you know, for those of us who are less scientifically minded, we can see representations of how this happened. When we're in this moment, I guess when we're in any moment, we tend to think, you know, it's all done now. Um,
0: <laughs> the evolution has stopped but yeah. but it, it hasn 't right this is still moving evolving oh of course you know like we you know humans are full of hubris and we think that this that, you know we 've peaked evolution's peaked <laughs> earth that this is peak earth right now but um of course that 's ridiculous we 've been here for a millisecond of earth 's history um and there 's been many you know things of many kinds of groups of animals have come and gone and, and everyone knows about the dinosaurs but there 's Back in the Permian, which is where my book is centred, there was incredible arrays of animals that have just completely vanished. And um, so things are always in flux and changing. And, and the supercontinents have the continents have broken apart. One day, in millions of years in the future, they'll be joined back together again, and the Earth will be a very different place. And I, I just severely doubt that we'll be around to see it.
1: Indeed, Bill,
0: who is this book for? Oh my dedication. No, who's your reader? Oh, um, Oh, the reader is, um, the reader, mm, um, I think just any person that has an interest in science but um, might feel sort of daunted by some of the scientific literature that's around. I just wanted to, to write a book for people like me, basically, who, um, you know, are just really interested in this stuff, but want it want it explained in, a, in an entertaining and, um, you know, hopefully entertaining and, and, and accessible way. No doubt, you were learning
1: a lot along the way. Can you point to to perhaps anything that gave you particular joy or surprise as you as you continued this discovery when putting this book together?
0: Um, well, I, you know, I think um, I think you know the discovery that um, yeah, I think just, you know I was very fortunate to go over into Western Southland and um, and dig out some fossils of of this Glossopteris plant uh, with, with a, a guy called Chuck Landis who um, until a few years ago lived over at, at, um, at uh, Warrington, he's, he's passed away now, but to go over there with Chuck and with Hamish Campbell, um, another geologist, um, and, and to dig out one of these fossils which was only probably the, the second or third example of this plant that's been found in New Zealand, that was a pretty special experience and, and just to, sh- to get that glimpse of how New Zealand is connected to all these other places. And having that
1: opportunity to travel, too, to put this book together, that's, um, you know, to be supported in that, a good thing.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and it was wonderful to get to the Falkland Islands, and it's an incredible place, and so, yeah, it was, um, and, and also into, into some quite remote remote parts of Argentina, and, you know, so um, out in, the, um, in Patagonia there was, yeah, it was really, really amazing experience, and, um, you know, I think, um, um, yeah, no, just, just lucky to, you know, to be able to, to have this opportunity to go in to a place like that with a story to tell and with a story to dig out and and to bring it back and tell it, I think is you know it 's really a real privilege and you 've written
1: in a way that is accessible to to non scientists
0: um yeah that was you know absolutely you know, that's um, you know that was the aim is uh, um, yeah i 'd like someone who who doesn 't have a lot of scientific um, background to be able to pick this book up and enjoy it and 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 for it to read like a like an adventure story, or a you know just just a, a good entertaining read, who have you worked with on the book? there are some wonderful illustrations, for example oh, yes, yeah, so um, Paulina Barry has done the bulk of the illustrations. She is um, washington state based um, illustrator and science communicator who 's actually um, just land, she and her sister Pearl have just landed in New Zealand and are, um, are studying here at the science communication center, so. Um, Paulina did a, a fantastic job of um, of putting these pictures together and um, yeah, just just illustrating some of the the plants and animals that were on Gondwana. But I think her what I love about her drawings is that she's drawn on her own experience in New Zealand and and, and incorporated. So when you look at these pictures, they they look alien, but they kind of there's something sort of familiar about them, and I think it's because she's incorporated um, uh, some of the plants, some of the kind of the kind of plants and landscapes that you might see in New Zealand so I love them.
1: So with her work and with your own, how much of it is, I don't know how to express this, how much of this is fact based and how much allows for a little bit of imagination?
0: Oh, you know, I think that's the luxury I have as a writer as opposed to a scientist who's researching a fossil deposit, say, you know, but I can I can, you know, I mean at the end of the day you're talking about a place that existed a very very long time ago and what we know about it is based on very relative you know in the big scheme of things very sparse and limited fossil remains um so you know there's scientists looking at different parts of it and they can sort of get little glimpses of what Gond- Gondwana was like to, but to bring it all together um and paint a picture of what it was like it, you have to use your imagination and so that for me was the fun part you know it's a lovely looking bo- book as well. I mean, I
1: know that's not the most critical thing, but in terms of it leaping off the shelf, um, it's it's a, it's visible. It's been beautifully designed.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled with. Um, so this is published by Exile Publishing, which um, has their main office here in Dunedin, um, but um, also offices around the world. And it, and it, yeah, I'm just absolutely thrilled with what they've done. The, the design and the layout and the the publication. I, I was just you know. Yeah, I was quite moved actually when I, when I've got my copy in the post because you you put a lot of work into these into this book and for it to come back looking so beautiful was just um, yeah it was a really nice nice feeling for me. Well,
1: you're a musician as well. It's a bit like getting the you know the first piece of vinyl or something like yeah. that you've done as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
0: um,
1: yeah. It feels beautiful too. I mean, book lovers will know what I mean by that. It feels great in the hand and uh, and you want to dig into it. So it's out there now, Bill.
0: Yeah, it's in books sh- good bookstores. Um, All around the country, I believe. And um, I think here in Dunedin, you could pop into the university bookshop and grab one. Um, Or you can order it online through Exile Publishing's website. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's um, ready to go out there in the world.
1: Make a good Chrissy present. The road to Gondwana in search of the lost supercontinent. Bill Morris has been my guest this morning. Thank you, Bill, for joining us. What's
0: the next project for you? Uh, Next project for me um, is um, actually having another baby um and so my uh my my wife emma and i are having a baby soon so that's going to be taking up a fair bit of time and um we and then apart from that i'm just working on magazine stories and hopefully another book down the track um but when there's time
1: well thanks for taking some time to join us here on orfm bill all the best thanks jeff this podcast was produced by orfm dunedin with support from new zealand on the air